Hello and welcome to the Association of Irish Choirs podcast. The following is an interview with Justice Catherine McGuinness, who is the Honorary President of the Association of Irish Choirs. We sat down with her to hear her views on choral music in Ireland and learn a little bit more about her life and how choral music has been a part of it. So, um, I know you went to school in Belfast, um, primary school. Um, was there singing there? And uh, what are your memories, if any, on that? Yes, singing was very much uh, an integral part of the curriculum in those schools. That was, uh, you know, a state public elementary school in Dunmurray outside Belfast. And uh, every teacher in the school taught singing and we but we were taught tonic solfa uh, a thing which my present conductor Bernie thinks was absolutely excellent she believes in everybody having tonic solfa and uh, we had Boozy's songbook uh, and but of course we we learnt to sing kind of imperialist uh, British songs because we were Protestant school in Belfast and uh, it was uh, uh, but it was definitely, I mean, even teachers that clearly were not devoted to singing taught singing because singing was definitely part of the curriculum in a way that I don't think it is in national schools here. I think, yeah, things are things are certainly changing, but it um, is something that I think is, is a work in progress and uh, ingraining uh, choral singing or singing in general into the curriculum at national school level is is something that needs to be developed and is so important for people to feel that singing is something that they do every day and that they are used to doing and that there aren't barriers to access and they can develop that. Um, and and on to uh, secondary level, you were in Dublin at that stage. Uh, what, was there singing in, in Alexandra College? Oh yes, of course there was. Uh, there was singing uh, Mrs. Alice Yokley, who is a splendid teacher of choral singing. She took a large, you know, choral singing. We all, uh, at all stages, we sang in choirs throughout the time that I was in Alex, or rather in clergy daughters' school, which was attached to Alex. Uh, but uh, and also, I had the luck that in um, the intermediate certificate, I got a state kind of grant because I had got practically 100% in maths and uh, I used that state grant to have a singing with uh, Molly Dunlop uh, who taught, I mean that was individual solo singing and that was really great because you had somebody concentrating on you and we were all sent to sing in the fish and so on and, and I'm not saying I won any competitions but it gave you a, a confidence and a kind of an ability to stand up and sing you know in front of people it's funny that you mentioned math because I know so many singers who are extremely good mathematicians I also know many singers who aren't but um, I wonder you know sometimes when we're trying to set the case out for how maybe an involvement in the arts or in singing um, is has a cross benefit to to other activities I think that's true uh, to a certain degree um, in your own life, did you feel that they were completely different disciplines? I suppose they are. 
but uh, how how might they have uh, complemented one another or not? Well, I, they were pretty well separate, I suppose. But I, I agree with you that there's quite a few people that I've met that sing that also would be interested in maths. I suppose on the practical level, when you're reading music, when you're sight reading music, I have never had any trouble out of being able to understand the length and the, the kind of mathematical relationship between the different notes and so on. Uh, so that it's not that's the easy part. <laughs> Absolutely, it's just it's just very interesting, I suppose, mm-hmm. to see how uh, a person's mind is. You know, uh, uh, I think from the outside you would think maths and music don't necessarily uh, ally, but it obviously is something that uh, you, what what I suppose I mean is that many people who are good at maths are also excellent at music, mm-hmm. and uh, you mightn't think that I suppose if you're thinking about music and those who are involved in the arts, uh, it wouldn't necessarily be an automatic fit. But so many people are. So singing in a choir and singing in general has has been something you do often and uh, sounds like it's been something that's been rewarding. Has it enhanced your life? Oh, most certainly, yes. I mean, it keeps me sane for a start. Uh, the thing that I find really extraordinary is that I, you know, I would be going to a rehearsal once a week, uh, every Thursday night, and, and uh, I find that I could be down, you know, and feeling I have far too much to do and everything is, there's all those lists of things waiting to be done. Uh, And then you go in and sing for the evening and you come out and you're, it's cleaned your sort of mind and body and everything, you know, that it really makes, uh, uh, you come out happy, you know, it really is, uh, even if the rehearsal hasn't gone particularly well, it's still good for you. And it's good for you bodily too. I recall I had a medical procedure there. Uh, I was actually having a, a, a broken wrist repaired and I had to have a, a, a full a anesthetic. And the, and the anesthetist man who was kind of testing, looking at me to make sure that that was safe, says to me, well, I have to say, Mrs. You have a fine pair of lungs for your age. And I felt, well, that's, and I said to him, that's all the singing. And he said, oh, yes, that's true. People who sing have better health than their breathing and so on. Absolutely. And there are so many, um, there are so many studies that have proven that they've now quantified that and and showed that um, choral singing or singing in general uh, is something that has a whole body uh, physical effect as well as the sense of well-being that it brings. And that, that same experience you've just outlined where you go in absolutely exhausted to uh, and with so many things on your mind into a rehearsal I think is echoed by so many people because it's 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 the completely different activity that's involved and how that can be a distraction in a good way yes yes absolutely I mean I really do think that it's so much so that I I to all the at the moment because I'm retired from the judiciary I'm involved in I don't you know I didn't want to do nothing so I've become involved in quite a lot of different kind of charitable organizations and so on and I just have a, a one rule that I won't break is I simply won't agree to do anything on a Thursday night because that's the night I sing and I'm just not going to give that up because as I say it keeps me sane and uh, and I really do enjoy it so much 
we were just talking um, before the interview about uh, traveling to and from Galway, which you've been doing a lot in your capacity as chair of uh, NUIG and how singing in the car is something that uh, you've been doing. Uh, You might talk a little bit about that. Well, because... Obviously, we're expected to practice at home and we should practice at home. And I can tell you that our conductor gets quite annoyed if it turns out that we haven't practiced at home and rightly so. Uh, But because, for instance, this week I had to go to Galway on Tuesday and come back on Thursday morning and uh, I I just drive to Galway and uh, I have the CD with my part in the Elijah with me and I can put it on in the car and I played it the whole way to Galway and the whole way back again that's four hours of singing (laughs) and uh, I I sang along as I went now I had the feeling that anybody who was looking at me would think that some strange madness had come over me but actually it's it's grand because I mean what do you do when you're in the car I mean I'd listen to the radio but uh, that I don't always like the programs that are on the radio and uh, this is a very good opportunity for you know familiarizing yourself it's not perfect of course because you don't have the music in front of you to match the the music the you know the text with the singing but I mean a lot of what you learn if you learn it by ear like that uh, it sticks in your head so that you I find myself when I'm at home going around singing to myself these bits of Elijah and as given that the the text of it is so ferocious where it's all about you know let's kill the prophets of Baal you know and this kind of thing it doesn't sound too good to be singing it as you do your housework I know if somebody were to come across you uh, and not know what you were doing or watch you in the car I think but I think a lot of people who are involved in singing have the same experience I know I do it Uh, so um, I think we're you know that's something that's uh, really good use of your time (laughs) Catherine um, to talk about Irish society and Irish culture and whether we as a nation are um, are good singers, is it, is, it, is it something that you think Irish people are particularly um, interested in? Well, it depends on what sort of singing. I mean, we have. I think we we love singing in many ways, but they're singing in kind of different traditions. I mean, you'd have the sort of singing in the Irish language, uh, the native tradition and the kind of also the sort of traditional ballad type of, of music. And people do sing and people sing. It's the way people sing at parties and things like that uh, does show that people really like singing, you know, and they enjoy listening to people singing. Uh, but I think that uh, as we were saying before about choral singing, that in a way it was a bit inclined to be cut off as as a sort of cultural thing that you did and you had to be a bit kind of grand and snobby to do it. Uh, whereas I think now it is spreading out better and I think it's very important that we do that because I, I really think that once people sing, they won't give it up. You know, it's, it's something that you love and you really enjoy and, it, and that it does you such a lot of good, both health-wise and mental-wise and so on. Absolutely, I think. Um, and also it's, it's maybe 
that there are different types of choirs involved in so many different styles of singing, different genres, different um, uh, setups. You know, it is, it, it, that there is the choral society and and the um, more traditional works alongside very modern takes on things, alongside very tricky modern repertoire and and everything in between. And I think that's really opening up a much uh, greater input from so many people across the across the country so I think that's that's a really good thing as you've said Catherine thanks so much um, for spending time with us today it's uh, been fascinating to hear about uh, everything uh, that you have had in your life from a choral perspective and we just to reiterate from the Association of Irish Choirs point of view have um, really benefited and appreciated the fact that you are our honorary president and um, it, it's an honour for us and um, we're we're very grateful to you for that. Thank you very much. I mean, I it, it's an honour to me more than an honour to you, I can assure you. And uh, I really enjoy knowing about the and keeping in touch. And you are very good at keeping me in touch by email, sending me news about the association all the time. And uh, the, I really see what wonderful work you're doing yourselves and spreading the news, as it were. Thank you so much again, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Association of Irish Choirs podcast. For further information on all of our activities, please visit aoic.ie. Association of Irish Choirs, please visit our website at aoic.ie or call 061 234 823.